0: Growth Igniter's Radio, Episode 59, Building a Stronger Business Community Through Corporate Philanthropy. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of growth. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now...
1: Here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And with me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott.
0: Hi, Pam. And as always, it's so exciting to be joining you again for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio. And if this is your first time listening, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders to take themselves And their companies to their next level of success. So, Pam, what are we exploring today?
1: Emerging trends in corporate philanthropy. You know, it's clear that there's a growing promise in combining business purpose with social purpose, but there are just so many models, and it seems like there are more that are emerging every day. So, today we're fortunate to have back as our guest Karen Eber Davis author of the book, Seven Nonprofit Income Streams, Open the Floodgate to Sustainability. Karen is also president of Karen Eber Davis Consulting, which helps businesses use philanthropy as a propulsion tool to grow their profits and performance she's the leading authority on ways that nonprofits and for-profits can engage with each other to create dynamic partnerships and you'll recall that we spoke with karen was about a year ago on the topic of achieving business goals through profit nonprofit partnering and we're so excited to have her return to talk about what's on the cutting edge welcome
2: back karen Hello, Pam and Scott. It's great to be here. I'm excited. Well, I
1: guess we have to just start out and say, what's new here? There's an emerging trend you were talking to us about uh, not very long ago about how companies are innovating in their interaction with nonprofits to increase the impact of the philosophy of doing well by doing good. Can you tell us a little more about this?
2: Well, since we spoke, I've been doing a lot of interviewing and working with people on this topic, and really discovery, and almost every day I find something new. So as recently as 2013, Forbes said that corporate philanthropy or corporate responsibility takes on an almost infinite number of forms. Mm -hmm. And on one level, I agree with that, and on another, I disagree.
0: Why do you disagree, Karen?
2: Well, because I see lots and lots of options, but I see them falling into four categories.
0: All right, and they are?
2: They are. The first is I'm just giving back because somebody asked me, so it's responsive. Okay,
1: right. So that's the more traditional kind of philanthropy. Yeah, not, way. Not, not,
2: no pattern necessarily, just a, you know, this sounds right. good, let's do it kind of thing. Right. Um, and then I see two attempts To make corporate philanthropy stick in two ways one is by trying to gather new customers and you've seen some of this this would be sponsorships of various kinds Mm
1: -hmm, right we've been seeing that
2: and the others the other side is things that basically reduce cost that's things like having your employees work better as a team um, and be more engaged when they do work, or helping current customers feel like they're special and belong. So those are two ways to say, how can I get some value out of my corporate giving back?
0: Okay, and uh, last time we spoke, you mentioned uh, some emerging trends that are more innovative. Right. And may give uh, companies an edge.
2: What's really interesting Is when and your listeners will like this because it's really about getting ahead of the curve is when people decide to be strategic about their philanthropy and That is thinking much longer term than oh I'll fund an event or sponsor an event and see some returns in the next few months It's more about I will see things happen maybe out there in the future what's interesting is that this provides a lot of leverage.
1: So, Karen, when you're talking about this, you're talking about an existing for-profit business that is partnering with nonprofits that exist already. Is that right? Correct. Because they see something different. It sounds like another step on that journey of coming up with new ways to work together, to do good.
0: Yeah. Now, Karen, you have uh, told us that in all of your work with uh, nonprofits, you've seen that corporate cash really holds a lot of sway in the nonprofit world. So, how does this relate to th- this new trend that you just described?
2: Well, this allows us to even do more as for profits because in nonprofits, even those who are extremely well funded, mm-hmm. cash that they can use for Whatever they need undesignated cash is really short. So you might be surprised. I have one uh, group that I've worked with who has about $65 million in income and they have less than a half a million that they can use at their discretion. Hmm. So imagine you're in a corporation and you're trying to run a business and you can't really literally buy new furniture because you don't have a line for it. Or you see something really good you want to jump on, but you have to find cash to do it with. And so because there's so many restrictions, having some cash from you as a corporate partner makes you a very, very very valuable player, really out of proportion necessarily to what you think your gifts might do.
1: Hmm. That's very interesting. What do you think's behind this? Just speculating. Why is this happening now?
2: Well, for one thing, I think the lines between for-profits and non-profits are getting less distinct. You have people like Tom coming in with social enterprises, and they're developing, and that company developed a concept of, we want to do good, and we want to make money. And so they have Tom's Shoes. So you buy a pair of shoes from Tom's, and they provide a pair of shoes to someone elsewhere in the world who needs shoes.
0: Okay. And you also have the uh, Daniel Lebetsky uh, kind model where they have a, what was it? Not
1: not only, not for, only profit, for profit, but model. That's, built into, that's built into the company. Into company. We're talking so, about a slightly different thing here where it's between. much more partnering. That's why I wanted to clarify that. It's very exciting. It's very exciting to hear about this. And we're going to learn more. You have some stories for us, I understand. So what we'll do now is take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Karen Eber Davis about examples of companies that are building stronger business communities through corporate philanthropy. Stay with us.
0: You are listening to Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, on the web at businessadvance.com. We enable successful companies to accelerate to their next level of innovation and success. And if you like what you're hearing, spread the good word. Go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 59, and use the share links for Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter on the top right of the page to tell your social media communities all about us. And while you're there, sign up for our weekly alert of upcoming episodes so you'll always be up to date.
1: Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Scott and I are talking today with Karen Eber Davis about the promising rise of corporate philanthropy, some of the newer things that are starting to happen here. And you can find out more in the resources section for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com and selecting episode 59. And Karen, can you tell us how people can find your book?
2: Sure. Uh, It's on Amazon, for one, Um, and it's called Seven Nonprofit Income Streams.
1: That's great. So let's go back to our discussion here. We talked about this trend. Let's bring it alive with some of these stories. What would be an example of one that uh, you've seen that was really rewarding for everybody?
2: So the concept is to get into the future and see what you need to make your business better. Mm -hmm. So you look out there and you say, you know, I'm to make my business better, I, I need something that's missing. I call the first option or the first opportunity or way to look at this is help, I need a plumber. So this like <laughs> okay. a, a place where you look and you say, I need something in my workforce. And you invest money to create that in the future. So it's not getting this immediate ROI. It's about I'm wanting to invest my social giving back into having something that helps my business that I see now and will help me down the road.
0: So how does that work? So an example
2: would be you fund a scholarship for plumbers, since we're on them, at, at the local tech school. People would apply for that. And they would hear about you and you become on their radar as well as you would have connection with people applying for that scholarship. So that's one way. Another way.
1: Wait a moment, just a a second. Uh, So this is the first real uh, piece of this is that they're looking at a much longer term horizon for uh, when they're going to get a return on their investment. And they're okay with this. Is that right?
2: Right. Because at Many people don't expect much return from okay. their, their giving back.
1: Uh, so and anything move, is good.
2: Anything is good. And when you move into the future, the future moves, I want to say, easier. Um, you okay. can make more more input in the future. You can leverage what you're doing.
0: So now you're getting multiple impacts. You're getting the halo effect of I'm a good citizen giving to this cause and... You're getting the opportunity to harvest some of the fruit that comes out of that. And
1: people don't usually think about it that way, so it's a giant win. You were going to talk about another Another, example, which is great. That's
2: about personnel. But imagine, I'm, I'm gonna cha- I need to change and keep some of these stories I'm telling you a little generic, Pam and Scott, okay. because I gotta sure. protect the marketing advantage okay. of Pam. Of course. Sure. Okay, so imagine you're in the insurance business and you are literally getting hundreds of requests every year. Your staff brings your request for funding, the community <laughs> does, your customers do. They, they kind of know you, you're a known quantity of giving generously, but that's not very satisfying. Instead, what the insurance company did was switch to a very, very simple grant process that had to do with nonprofits could apply for up to $500 to make property insurance-related changes on their sites. So, for instance, you want to change the locks. That would be a great request. What does this do? Well, you're in your field as an insurance company, You're an Mm -hmm. expert at property insurance in this case. And so you know when the requests come in, whether they make sense. In the fall of time, you reduce the claims because you have better security around buildings that are filed in your community. Ideally, you can even impact rates down the road. But this also provides for the nonprofits. It's a win because who wants to fund things like security lighting? It's not very popular. It's hard to get money for those things. So Mm -hmm. it's got a lot of levels in it with a long-term perspective that provide a lot more return than just giving money because someone asked.
0: Okay, so it's a little bit like I'll scratch your back and uh, not you scratch mine, but somehow or other I'm scratching my own at the same time. Is that, it's a a kind of a weird analogy, but...
2: (laughs) <laughs> I'm an expert at insurance. I see what could fix my community, and I want to okay. invest there, and I'm using my expertise.
0: I got it. Well,
1: it goes back to being visionary now, doesn't it? Somebody who can really see the possibilities, challenge what's conventional,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: conventional thinking of you can't do that. Well, yes, I can.
0: <laughs> ah.
2: Very exciting. How how can I make that happen that it helps everyone and uses what I'm good at? One of the things we didn't talk about is some of the challenges with doing corporate giving is as more and more of this is done, people are more and more skeptical. For instance, one survey said that only 10% of respondents think that cause marketing campaigns are sincere. Why is that? You're running into this 90% of people are thinking, why are you doing that?
1: Yeah, why do you think people feel that way?
2: Because many don't have any fit with what the organization is doing. Uh-huh. I ran into a, a bumper sticker recently um, that was pink. And it was, I won't say the name of the company, but it was all about how we sell cars and we also support breast cancer.
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> okay.
2: It's well, you hard know, to th- see that. You know, I, yeah, I, A lot of people you know, are customers who have, have concerns about that, but it doesn't really fit
0: Okay. So this really ties into uh, a book that we reviewed uh, last week, Uh, Start With Why, uh, Simon Sinek. And the premise is you have a driving purpose, a big idea that you believe in your company, and other people can join in and, and identify with that. And so if my giving doesn't match up with my why. People are going to go. Eh, that well, it's seems it's about insincere. credibility. Yeah.
2: Karen, what do you think? I I think that's very good, and I think what people often have forgotten that even their giving back can tie into their why.
1: Mm-hmm. So the decisions that people make, they have to really think about how do how does my decision to do this connect with the bigger picture of what our purpose is? Yeah, and that the people who are our uh, stakeholders, whether they're employees, whether they're clients, whether they're... The
0: community. ...community, yeah. you know,
1: whoever it is, can actually see it. How can they demonstrate it? There's a lot of thought that has to go into that, isn't there?
2: Absolutely. And also, it's energizing, because if you can get something like a gift or a partnership with a nonprofit to contribute... It opens up all kinds of creative new doors that no one else is going to be there competing with you.
0: Okay. Now, Karen, you said that there was uh, another a model that you wanted to talk about.
2: Sure. That first model was, again, I call it the I Need a Plumber. Right. This is more about what? where do I want to live? Mm-hmm. I don't want to live someplace without blank, blank, blank. Right. And that's a fill in the blank. Okay. So the story... <laughs> The story here is about someone in the marine industries. He's a specialist in that area, and he was doing a good deal of private giving back. And the conversation I had working with him was what happens if you apply that giving back in a way to attract customers or affirm your current customers, he was in a, a long-term business, so it was a mature business, and he got to the point where he knew who he wanted for customers. He liked customers who liked giving back. Um, just was the quality of people because he felt that they really were looking at things holistically. But he had a problem. His politics were, shall we say, Bernie Sanders. Okay, and his customers. <laughs> We're on the opposite end of the spectrum. And so, environmental causes and causes he cared about, about supporting the ocean, are controversial, believe it or not. Uh-huh. Um, we think they're not, but when you get into it, and for him, they were. And so we had to sort through who might be a good match for both of them. And in that, he came up with some program that involves creating reefs that had already been destroyed by people. So it was replacing broken reefs reefs and putting them back again. And this was something that was a benefit to him because he thought it was a good idea. His customers weren't gonna have a problem with it. And in the fall of time, he would know where the good fishing spots would be because of his relationship with the nonprofit. So there was this multiple level of success and give back and synergies happening. So, Karen, how did you find that solution? Well, there's 1.5 million nonprofits out there. So I start with the premise that there's someone out there who can do that. Um, We also went through a long list of possibilities, for instance, Um, I suggested there was a group who brought school children to the ocean who'd never been would he be interested in that? He said that's right, but I that's great, but i'm not interested i'm interested in what happens to the water And I really was he wanted things on that level
1: Okay, well, so what it really uh sounds like is that the more you Can keep the vision in mind and then think really creatively uh to, to go beyond what the, the first line of ideas would be. I mean, you really were digging with them that you can come up with some fabulous, fabulous opportunities. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more with Karen Eber Davis about ways you can start exploring how you might be able to take your corporate philanthropy to the next level. Stay with us.
0: So, Pam, can you tell our listeners why clients engage us to speak at events, conferences, and company offsites?
1: They're seeking new insights to dramatically accelerate company transformation and growth. They're also seeking new leadership insights about themselves, their teams, and their organizations so they can make bold new decisions about strategy and implementation. You know, it's been especially rewarding to find that some of our company offsites have resulted in breakthrough decisions that have generated as much as tenfold growth over five years.
0: So contact us today at businessadvance.com to arrange for a brief call to discuss your needs and options for helping you achieve your most important goals.
1: Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're talking with Karen Eber Davis about new ways for for-profit companies to partner with nonprofits, advance their specific business objectives, and make a stronger community. Karen,
2: how can people find you? I'm at www.kedconsult.com or Karen at kedconsult.com.
1: That's great. And of course, we'll have uh, links under resources that will take you over to Karen's book and all kinds of other things, growthignitersradio.com, episode 59. Okay, let's get to uh, ways we can put this all to use for ourselves. Now, you've written an ebook. book Tell sure, us the title of that. 100 plus
2: questions to ask before you invest in a nonprofit.
1: So... Let's talk about three of the top questions that our listeners can ask if we want to take our corporate philanthropy to the next level. What's, what's the first one?
2: Here's the first one, and it's a thought question you should be thinking about before you ask it. Here it is. I'm trying to achieve this kind of world. How will my investment or involvement be used to create it? Okay, so talk
1: to us about why that's important.
2: Well, first, you're clear about what you want. Do you find that people are often not clear about this kind of thing? In this situation, I believe more commonly the nonprofit knows exactly what it wants, and the business leader is not at all sure or even knows it's something that could happen for them.
1: Because maybe we're stuck in the traditional ways of thinking about uh, philanthropy, and we're not thinking as expansively as we could.
2: It's also important because when you start having this discussion, you're going to go onto a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And you want to be really engaged in a place where you both think about how you might work together. That's great. So let's talk about another question. Sure. Here's the second one. What part of your work is most difficult to fund?
0: Okay, so this is the for-profit company talking now. What prof- What part of my work is most difficult to fund? Help me understand that.
2: So you're asking them, what is it that really is difficult for you as a nonprofit to get money for?
0: Ah, uh, so and this is why the... you
2: care about this is because it's going to be the elephant in the room.
0: Okay, so you've you are I'm speaking as a for-profit company. I've already identified a nonprofit that I think would be a good fit. Now I'm asking them, what's the most uh, difficult thing for them to fund? How, what's the benefit to that kind of question?
2: Well, again, as a visionary leader, you may have a way to impact that. And it is going to be a part, if you have a long-term partnership, it's always going to be something that the nonprofit goes back to in their heads. They're always looking to fund this challenging thing. And sometimes it's a key back to your thinking about how you could help them. So, for instance, um, child literacy is a big issue. And I'm assuming, I'm not an expert at this, but that funding, helping children to learn to read is pretty easier to get funds with, but it's harder to get money for adults. Right. But as the corporate person, you may recognize that your customers or people you wanna be with are the parents of these children and teaching the parents to read might be the trick.
0: Okay. And I guess another side benefit could be if you have a uh, more literate adult workforce out there, uh, you may be able to benefit from a wider selection of qualified workers. So
1: Publishers come right to mind for yeah,
0: me. Yeah. yeah, that's right.
2: It's about also seeing it in a different way, mm-hmm. um, because we assume we understand how nonprofit works often and what their issues are, but often what really slows them down surprises us.
0: Okay. And what's the third question that somebody can Here's ask? Here's
2: the third question. What is the best part of your stewardship experience? Now, this and, and why, and, and and this is something I'm going to go ahead and segue into, is stewardship is one of those inside nonprofit world language pieces. But what it really means is what happens to donors after they give you money. Ah. You want to hear what they have to say because it suggests how you might be treated if you write them a check and what happens next.
0: Okay. So you want to avoid the uh, no good deed goes unpunished syndrome.
2: Correct. <laughs> it's so, a couple other things. It's important too. It's it's their ability to get into your shoes and, and mm-hmm. have some thinking about how that works. But also you would like to also, in most cases, join part of a community around that cause. And if there's good people who are there connected, who you will see time after time, that could be business connections.
0: Okay. Well, we've just had uh, time for three questions out of more than 100. So for people who want to get your ebook, go to growthignitersradio.com, episode 59, scroll down to resources, and we'll have a link. There are a lot of
1: those questions. I have one final question. There are a lot of things that you're talking about. When... Would somebody know that they need help getting beyond just doing it themselves? What would be a sign or two?
2: If you have poor or no return on your investment would be one. Another one is if you have some assets and you're not sure how they could be best shared with nonprofits. Okay.
1: It always helps to get an extra person who really understands all the possibilities out there for sure. So this has been wonderful. Karen, thank you as always. Any final thoughts on this topic?
2: Well, I want to thank your listeners for the giving back and the activities they're doing now. Um, And I'd love to hear if they have any ones that partnerships that are really making them excited because I love to share those. And I think there's more seeds of what's out there. We're just beginning to see what's out there. So I'd love to hear more.
1: Okay, listeners, you heard it. So thanks again, Karen. And we are so glad you could join us today. My pleasure.
0: Karen, thanks so much. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, including downloading Karen's book, a hundred plus questions to ask before you invest in a nonprofit. Share on social media, find out about upcoming episodes, read Karen's bio, or open a conversation with us. Go to growthignettersradio.com and select episode 59. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you
1: continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss
0: What decisions can we make in our business that could increase our ability to do well by doing good?